Hello and welcome to the Heavenbound Podcast. My name is Jason Harden. I'm here with Roger Schaus and we're opening the Bible in search of fuel for your spiritual journey. This is where we talk about life the way it was meant to be and what it means to be a disciple of Jesus in the 21st century. Wherever you are, thanks for joining us on the journey today. Well, we welcome you. And this month, the month of September, we're talking about communication. That is the key of all relationships. And we have entitled this little series, The Art of Communication. In our very first lesson, we talked about how God communicates through his word, the power of the word, and the value of the word. Last time we were together, we talked about communication within the church, and the idea of bringing needs to the forefront, and praying and encouraging for one another, and that, that is a very big part of our fellowship. Well, as as we continue on in this series, uh, a couple more lessons that we need to talk about may not be as pleasant, as easy to deal with, but today we want to talk about communicating through disagreements. In a perfect world, everybody would agree with me, but they don't. So, so as a result of that, there are disagreements. There's disagreements in marriage, and those sometimes lead to divorce. There's disagreements in parenting, and uh, we'll talk next time, Lord willing, talking about how to communicate with teenagers. That sometimes is a real challenge. There's disagreements at work. Uh, the number one reason why people leave one job for another job is not pay, but it's they cannot get along with their coworkers. Uh, there's disagreements on social media. You just open up the Facebook page and there it comes. People throwing daggers at one another and disagreeing about this and that and saying different things. And there's disagreements within the fellowship of God. That happens. Church splits don't happen because everyone's on the same page and everyone's happy. They happen because of disagreements. And, and so this is a part of life. The question is, how, as Christians, do we communicate through disagreements? Yeah, um, several passages, obviously, that we could go to that give us some insight, shine some God-given light on this whole situation. Roger, you and I thought both that Acts chapter 15 would be a great place to launch this discussion because we've got a disagreement when it comes to the teaching of God, a doctrinal disagreement, right? That was very, very serious. We'll dive into that in just a little bit. But also at the end of the same chapter, we've got what Luke describes as a sharp disagreement over a matter of judgment. And we'll see how that was handled. And ultimately, the impact that it had long-term and how it was worked through. But why don't we start in the beginning of Acts chapter 15? What is this doctrinal disagreement all about? Well, it begins by saying in verse 1, Some men came down from Judea and began teaching the brethren, Unless you're circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. And that had a major, major impact upon what Paul was teaching in the Gentile world. Basically, what they're saying is you become Jewish first, and then you become a Christian. And if that was true, that means all those people Paul had been baptizing out there in Gentile land, they were not saved. It also would mean that Paul was not teaching the truth. And so this is not one of those things that say, well, you see it that way, I see it this way, we just go on our ways. No, this is a stake in the ground, and they had to have 
uh, coming together to figure out what was right about this. Yeah, verse 2 describes no small dissension, no small disagreement and contention between the debate with them. After that, Paul and Barnabas and some of the others were appointed to go up to Jerusalem. There are Gentiles, obviously, that are hearing this unsettling news. Roger, you just spent an entire sermon asking, can I know that I'm saved? There were, were people, I believe, who, who, at one point had known that, right, based on the preaching of the Apostle Paul. Now they're hearing something different, something unsettling. And so Paul and Barnabas are appointed to go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and the elders about this question. So how does all of this get handled? Well, what they do not do is take a vote. (laughs) There's no voting taking place here. Uh, oftentimes, uh, we, it, this, this section is coming called the Jerusalem, uh, Council. It, it sounds like delegates came from different places. That's not what took place. Paul goes to Jerusalem. There's Peter, and we find James is there. The elders of the church are there. And the ones that speak are those who have been proclaiming the word of God. The apostle Paul speaks. The apostle Peter speaks. James speaks, and what they do is they walk through what God had done. They walk through how the Holy Spirit has taught them and led them. And the conclusion through all of this is that a a person did not have to be circumcised to be saved. Where they came to that conclusion was not their own thinking. It was not a power play. It came about because God had revealed that. This is the voice of God coming through this, and that made uh, it very clear what the answer was. Yeah, Peter leans on what had happened in the household of Cornelius, the the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, just as had been done with the apostles. Paul, obviously, and Barnabas have a great deal to say about the signs and wonders that God has been doing through them among the Gentiles, right? James gets up and he actually leans on the Old Testament prophets. He specifically quotes from what we have as Amos chapter 9. And so what they're doing, like you said, not getting everybody together. Well, what do you think? And what do you think? It's what had God prophesied? What has God shown through the working of miracles? In Peter's case, what had God demonstrated through the outpouring of the Holy Spirit? Cornelius and his household at the end of Acts chapter 10 were not told about Jesus and then told, oh yeah, one more thing, you have to be circumcised and only then will you be reconciled to God. No, there was a doctrinal disagreement and God was appealed to. If you want more on this, I think Galatians chapter 2 is a great passage to read along these lines. In in Galatians 2, I'll just lean on verses 4 and 5 to begin. Paul says, yet because of false brothers secretly brought in who slipped in to spy out our freedom that we have in Christ Jesus so that we, that they might bring us into slavery to them, we did not yield in submission even for a moment. There was disagreement 
revolving around circumcision, Paul said this was a matter of right and wrong as defined by God. We didn't yield even for a moment. Why? So that the truth of the gospel might be preserved for you. That certainly, Roger, doesn't it speak to our motives? When there is a disagreement, The great goal is not to win an argument. The great goal is not to shame or humiliate our opponent. The great goal is that the truth of the gospel might be preserved for the next person and and the next person. And this very scenario happens when we talk to a friend who believes differently. Yeah. And we can go round and round, well, my church says, my church says, I think, you think, and around and around you go like a cat chasing its tail and you get nowhere, or we can just open the Bible. Let's see what God says about this. And so the discussion here in Acts 15 was not what color of paint to use on the church walls. Those, those things don't matter. It's, it's, this is a matter of supreme importance. Who's saved and who's not saved? How does one become saved? And that's really why Jesus came. And all through his gospel, he was showing us that all people could be saved. So this is something that when we have a doctrinal disagreement with somebody, we need to go to the Bible. And we need to open our Bible, and we need to read verses with each other. Have your friend or your family member open their Bible up. Let them see in their own Bible. This is what God says. And that is the end. That is the final answer. It doesn't matter what I think or I've always heard this way. Those things are thrown out when we're looking at things this way, and only God has the right answer. Yeah, the Apostle Paul would describe it as speaking the truth in love, right? Both of those are supremely important. We speak the truth. It matters what sort of heart we are speaking the truth from, obviously, but we cannot shy away from the truth. And in, in fact, later on in Galatians chapter two, you read about Paul having to withstand Peter to the face because he stood condemned. He's, he's acting hypocritically, right? And, and Paul says in Galatians 2 verse 14, when I saw that their conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel. There it is again. Even when it is a close friend, even when it is a, a close relative, even when it is a brother or sister in Christ, when the truth of the gospel is being compromised or the truth of the gospel is not being respected and upheld, I've got to speak up for the truth. So when there is disagreements, you know, we, we may ask the question, why? You know, and, and one of the things we're noticing in our society is how at odds so many people are with each other and just so many different subjects. One reason is because we're different. Uh, we have different backgrounds and experiences. Sometimes selfishness enters, as we've said. Sometimes it's uh, just different perspectives. But when there's a breakdown in communication, uh, this is when character really shines or it's not there. Sometimes people get the idea that the louder I shout, the more power I have in my argument. Uh, I've told people before, no one is killed by thunder. They're killed by lightning. And you can raise the volume, but that doesn't give more proof to your argument. Uh, walking away, slamming doors, threats, 
Uh, th- those are all the typical things when communication falls apart. And those are not healthy avenues. Uh, common ground cannot be found when we're acting this way. And so as we continue this discussion on, we need to see that uh, it's easy to have disagreements. The question is now, what do I do with the way God wants me to do these things? Yeah. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 gives us a couple of reasons why sometimes this dissolves in the wrong direction, right? Uh, Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 talks about selfish ambition. Uh, why do disagreements arise? Why, why at times does communication break down? Well, Garden variety selfishness. I care more about me than the other person or the other group of people. Conceit. Thinking far too highly of myself, pride, right? A, a lack of humility where I'm not willing to count the other person or the other group of people more significant than myself. Those sorts of things are guaranteed to boil communication down in a bad, bad, unhealthy direction. So we get to the end of Acts 15. We've gotten through this big argument here at the first part about how someone is saved. And so the Holy Spirit wants the apostles to go out and spread that news to other places. And we get down here in verse 36. After some days, Paul said to Barnabas, let us go and return and visit the brethren in every city in which we proclaim the word of the Lord and see how they are. Barnabas wanted to take John, called Mark, along with them. But Paul kept insisting that they should not take him along, who had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. And there arose such a sharp disagreement that they separated from one another. And Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed away to Cyprus. Paul chose Silas and left, being committed by the brethren to the grace of the Lord. And so here is disagreement number two. This isn't over doctrine. This isn't over what the Bible teaches. It's who's going to go with this. Now, Barnabas had a vested interest in Mark because he was his cousin. And maybe he was being more generous and giving him a second chance. Paul didn't want to do this. And so they couldn't come to terms on this. And so they separated, each going their different ways with this. Yeah, they both had a a point in this argument, right? Barnabas believes in Mark. Uh, you, you, You go back a couple of chapters and you can read about how on that missionary journey, Mark is with them. And we don't know exactly the circumstances, but in the middle of the journey, Mark decides to go back home. No doubt that had an impact on the entire expedition, right? That choice had an impact, for instance, on Paul and what was going on in that journey. Now it's time to go on another journey. Barnabas may be thinking, I I don't know, maybe Mark has matured a little. Maybe Mark has gotten over some fears. Maybe Mark took care of whatever it was he felt like he needed to take care of in the moment. Why don't we get him? I still think he would be useful He has a point, right? Like you said, there's a family relationship there, but Paul also has a point. Well, we depended upon Mark. Mark had this opportunity before, and Mark went home. So what do you do? This is 
Is it not a matter of judgment? This is not a matter of right versus wrong. This is not a matter of, well, Jesus said this. This is a matter of personal opinion. We've got two good-hearted men who are coming to very different conclusions. So what now? Well, let, let's just throw in a couple of proverb passages here that, that will help us just a little bit. In 17th chapter of Proverbs, in verse 14, it says, The beginning of strife is like the letting out of water, so abandon the quarrel before it breaks out. Uh, you know, I, I think a good illustration of that is sometimes we have these little blow-up swimming pools for the children in the summer, and they're done playing, so we pull the plug and all the water comes out. And once all the water's coming out, it's hard to stop it. And, and so he's kind of using that in that analogy of uh, stopping things before they get out of hand and before it gets worse. And then just a couple pages later, Proverbs 25 and verse 8, do not go out hastily to argue your case. Otherwise, what will you do in the end? And so, you know, we can be quick on the draw when we think about stating our case, stating our position, and and that can also times cause some difficulties. Here's some practical things I would recommend when, when we come to a disagreement and it's just a matter of judgment. Uh, and, and, and that happens a lot. It happens in marriage. You know, where do you want to go out to eat? Or, or where do you, what movie do you want to watch? And, and there can be all kinds of things. Number one is, is being quick to listen. That's what James tells us, being quick to hear. You know, you've heard the old, the old timers used to say, we have two ears and one mouth, and we ought to use them in that order. You know, we ought, we ought to be listening more than we're talking. Sometimes um, when we listen, we need to consider. Most times we need to consider. Maybe the other person has a perspective I haven't thought about. It could be the other person is right. So I need to listen to them. I need to consider what they say in this regard. We would also add to this, stay close to the Bible. Uh, there are passages and passages about attitude, about how to treat one another, the golden rule, all of these things. They're not thrown out the window when we have an argument. Sometimes we do that. We, we can get very uh, forgetful what God wants us to do, but we need to keep close to the Bible, remembering who we are, how we're to conduct ourselves. And then I would say you got to stick to what you know is true and, and just uh, be a person of conviction. Yeah, yeah. Makes me think of how Paul summarizes love in 1 Corinthians 13. Uh, when, when there is a sharp disagreement, I need to be patient. I need to be kind. Just because we are disagreeing doesn't mean that we throw kindness out the window. We, we don't envy. We don't boast. It's not a time for arrogance or rudeness. Uh, It's not a time to insist on my own way. It's not a time to be irritable or resentful. It's most certainly not a time to rejoice at wrongdoing. You put it, I think, very well. Let's remember what's true. Love rejoices with the truth. And it may be that in that disagreement, I, I feel like I'm not being treated the way that I, I would like to be treated. Well, that's where love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. And it's, it's fascinating to me, Roger, how there at the end of Acts chapter 15, they do go their separate ways. Paul takes Silas, goes one direction. Barnabas takes Mark, goes in a different direction. But years pass, 
And by the time Paul is writing his last recorded letter, there in 2 Timothy chapter 4, such precious words, verse 11, get Mark and bring him with you, for he is very useful to me for ministry. I, I often wondered what that would have looked like when Mark walked in a room and Paul saw him. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I can see Paul just hugging him and apologizing to him years ago. You know, I, I, I had trouble believing in you, but I believe in you now. He gave him a second chance. And and that's what we have to do when we have a disagreement. Uh, uh, I think a key aspect of, of disagreements is understanding the role of the thermostat. Uh, the thermometer tells you the temperature. The thermostat controls the temperature. And so sometimes things can get heated. You can cool it down. Sometimes you, you need to be the one that just sets the tone of how this is going to be. Uh, and, and that will help us when we have disagreements. It's hard to disagree with somebody when you sit down and begin the discussion with a prayer. Uh, you know, I'm going to sit down with this person. He and I are not getting eye to eye. But before either one of us says a word, I said, let's say a prayer together. Boy, that's just going to, that's just going to change the tone of things and it will help things. And so communicating through disagreements, powerful topic and something that, uh, unfortunately, I think we have to use every single day because of the world we live in. But knowing who you are and who we follow makes all the difference in the world. Roger, thanks for joining me today. Thanks to all of you for listening to the Heaven Bound Podcast. We hope it's helped you set your mind on things above and given you a little more fuel for the journey. Always remember, when you're walking with Jesus, you're heaven bound and the best is yet to come.